0: say
1: that i have shed innocent blood what's blood for
2: if not for shining I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing just some things you gotta do don't mean you have to like it there's nothing to worry about you're gonna be just fine i'm your number one fan let her get away mommy
0: Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host, Trav. Joining me, as always, via Zoom this week is Producer Kate. Hello. Two of my very special people in my life. Joining us as well on this episode is my brother, Donnie Yabara, the fatal follower himself.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I bring you two together tonight uh, to discuss a... A messed up film, but we'll get to that later. First, I want to find out how we're doing. So a little bit off the rails this week. Um, You know, it is the times of, it is fucked up times and we're going Zoom this week. Um, But how are you guys both doing? I know uh, you guys got a lot of, uh, everybody has a lot going on, you know, in their lives right now, but one of you You guys can
2: start. I'll start. The reason we're on Zoom and you're not getting pristine quality of sound you normally get from us (laughs) just kidding um is because we have a case of covid in my house my daughter caught it at her daycare and so i'm home quarantining not infecting producer trap or producer trap
0: producer trap
2: Or host trap um because i don't know man you don't want it how about you Donnie? how How are you you doing
1: i'm doing good um I think piggybacking on that topic, there's no COVID in our house, um, but um, we're at a high alert in our area, so we're staying tight into our own little household here in New York and uh, just giving me a chance to consume all the horror that I normally do, uh, staying, uh, staying true to the fatal follower of it all. So yeah, yeah.
0: So this is the first time that we've had you on, I believe, since you started your podcast, Fatal Follower Presents. How has that been? I know, like a lot of our listeners, listen, you know, back and forth to both shows. But how has that, how's that been going for you? What do y'all you got coming up? Uh, You're, I know, you're getting terrified tonight. Uh, We'll get to it. But (laughs) (laughs) what all you guys got going on over there? Uh, well
1: when you say all you guys it's a one-man show at fatal follower presents i'm barely keeping the lights on over at my <laughs> studio i uh i'm a uh i'm sort of uh, juggling like a circus act uh, i got a couple uh interviews coming up i got a, a, blade, a blood rage uh issue uh, edition coming up um and then uh, i'm looking at uh some later reviews for maybe ghostbusters afterlife and also Uh, the new Resident Evil movie is coming out. Um, But yeah, I have a birthday coming up. So I'm going to do a special happy birthday to me episode in December. But Mm. aside from that, really just stuffing myself on turkey and trying to watch some new horror. Been on a J-horror kick here lately as well.
0: Um, That's what all of you been watching? Because that's one of the areas that I'm kind of blind at as well. Uh, I had one of my friends on Haley uh, talking about that and she lent me like a audition and a few others that i haven't seen you know it's like in their classics of the genre but you know what yeah. all you've been watching uh
1: so uh, f- i do have the arrow release of ringu which is the original ring mm-hmm. uh, so if you like uh, the story of the re- american remake uh, i would suggest uh, checking out ringu ringu 2 and ringu 0 which are all on Tubi for free uh, i really uh, like all the uh, ringu movies i love japanese horror and uh, I've been on a kick of uh, revisiting some of the Ringu movies. I watched Ringu 2 recently, which was really great. Um, also, Shutter has a really cool uh, lineup of some new um, horror movies. I, I think uh, I just checked out one called The Closet, which is a, I believe it's a Japanese horror movie. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a really cool ghost story. Um, but aside from that, really just been uh, kind of... Uh, watching some of the uh, Netflix offerings, I I'm, I just started Shadow and Bone, which is a really fun fantasy uh, uh, series, if you like Harry Potter, or uh, if you're into Game of Thrones, it's kind of like an in-between kind of thing. Some mm-hmm. romance in there, but some really cool creatures and a really cool story. I'm sure um, Kate's already watching it.
2: I have already seen it. <laughs> you have? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So I'm on we just finished episode 4 and Gabe just read the first book Shadow and Bone and I now I want to start the book
0: before we finish. You guys are uh, machines, man. You guys are like watching show machines. Like Rose finished um it was some, I can't remember what that it was like truth or dare, or one of the it's like something, you know. <laughs> one of those sh- shadows and light. I don't know. I can't remember yeah, what.
2: Yeah, the- <laughs> I recently watched the new season of um Lock and Key.
0: Okay. Okay. That
2: was good. Yeah, Yeah, we
1: just watched the first episode of that, uh, so I haven't finished it yet, but I will say something very terrifying that Gabe got me hooked on, and Kate, maybe you've watched this uh, reality show. It is Are You the One, but it is the gender fluid season, whichever season that was. It was a few years ago, I think.
2: There's more than one season?
1: Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh Oh, Uh,
2: I got to go catch up. I've only seen the, the original one from like, what was it, 2014 or something like that?
1: Oh, this season was great. I mean, this is the only season I've seen, but uh it was I think 2018,
0: 2017 maybe. But what is uh, are you the one real quick? Like what is the premise of the show?
2: It's trash, dude. But it's so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's basically people put in a house and you got to find your match and you do these elimination challenges and uh, you quickly find out if you're not a match that you move on to the next. So, it's a lot of uh a lot of kind of uh, reality exploits and partying and stuff. But this was an interesting season because I'd never seen a season with nothing but gender fluid people. So it was a free for all for anyone. It wasn't just straight couples or gay couples only. So it kind of upped the ante for trying to find your match. Yeah, so that's that was, way more
2: challenging. I'm, I'm about to go turn that on tonight.
1: Do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get to our uh, our main feature here um the first sequence yeah (laughs) so first of all some um uh some what are we thankful for uh i had to go to kroger tonight to get um and this kind of adds to the horror of the episode because i don't know if you guys like these or not have you guys ever had big john's pickled eggs
1: (laughs) Mm, i like pickled eggs but not
2: from big john
0: (laughs) big john is exclusive no (laughs) i have not kate have you ever tried pickle eggs pickled eggs
2: Listen, I don't think I would be against it. I love pickles. I love pickle any pickled vegetable, any pickled anything. So I would try a pickled egg, but I've yeah. never had one. Usually I you don't, see, don't you see them in like bars and stuff?
0: Yeah, like a, it's, it's a big gross. red jar. <laughs> see them in bars.
2: <laughs> like dive bars?
0: bunch of guys just sitting around eating pickled eggs.
2: <laughs>
0: no gloves. Just put your hand in the egg jar, <laughs> swirl it around a little. That's like something Toby Hooper directed in like the early '80s.
1: Feels like a bar I worked at.
0: <laughs> so I got to say, uh, brutal. Trav has been out and about quite a bit lately. Uh, we're covering Kill Switch Engage on Guillotine Press, and this flick tonight. I feel like I've been transported into like 2009. Like I feel like I should have like a Siggy and a Monster Energy in my hand. <laughs> um, but tonight's movie that I bring you together for. Is Human Centipede the first sequence?
2: I don't like that phrasing,
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's three of us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the tagline Their flesh is his fantasy, flesh of fantasy. I, I literally thought of
1: Billy Idol when you said that. Uh,
0: 2009, of course, directed by the legendary, the uh, the genius Tom Six. Okay, um. <laughs> Synopsis. Somebody's going to be listening to this and they're going to be like a huge, huge fan of this movie and they're just going to flip it off. They're going <laughs> to throw cat. their phone. Synopsis. A mad scientist kidnaps and mutilates a trio of tourists in order to reassemble them into a human centipede created by stitching their mouths to each other's rectums. <laughs> it's pretty much a movie. <laughs> Starring Dieter Laser as Joseph Heider, uh, Ashley C. Williams as Lindsay. Uh, Ashlyn uh, Yenny as Jenny and Akiro Kitamura as Katsuro um, so fast facts before we get into it uh, this fits into that dare you like I dare you to watch this kind of th- kind of midnight movie group um, flicks that come to mind like Celo, uh Necromantic which is I, I think one of producer Kate's favorites and uh, a <laughs> Serbian that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh COVID Kate's favorites um only a limited release theatrically but the film did very well on DVD and Blu-ray uh the film sold like over 50,000 copies during the first week that it went on sale so it was like one of those where everybody was checking it out um you know when it came out and daring each other to watch it and you know shit like that uh it was a tough movie to cast and finance and so like Tom Six had to basically lie to investors like telling them that it was a movie about like um, some like a doctor retired doctor stitching people together what he didn't tell them is that it involved ass to mouth so that's an important part of it you know uh, th- this should be like a half horrifying my friends half sleaze episode the concept mm-hmm. of the film came from a joke director tom six made with friends about uh like ways to punish uh, like a child molester and he was like what I would do is stitch his mouth to the ass of a big hairy truck driver and that's how this movie's premise essentially came about. Um, a sketch was made of the centipede so that Tom Six could show the actresses what they were in for basically and a lot of them were just like walked out of the room as soon as they saw the sketch. Uh, director Tom Six consulted with a real surgeon for the human centipede design, Katie. Thus, the tagline it's 100% medically accurate, which is 100% fact. No, it's not. <laughs> According to Joe Rick, joe Rogan. According <laughs> yeah, to Eli Roth. <laughs> right. Uh, the paintings of conjoined twins. Uh, th- the scene throughout the film were actually Tom Six originals, uh, which he felt created an atmosphere to the film. Roger Ebert refused to assign a, this film a star rating because he said that, quote, the film is what it is, and it occupies a world where the stars don't shine, which I thought was actually kind of cool. <laughs> so real life origins, um, this is the last fast fact about it. Real life origins for this ridiculous, ridiculous film. Uh, Its inspirations were actually rooted in like a like a real life, you know, um, kind of person. Uh, Joseph Heider or Heider, Heider, however you say it, came from the Nazi doctor, Dr. Joseph Mingel, known for his diabolical experiments at Auschwitz. Uh, Acts included amputations, removing of kidneys without anesthesia. Dying the colors of the eyes, so injecting colors directly into the, you know, the, the, what is it, the pupils, the iris, the, the iris. Uh, Kate went to Harvard, uh, <laughs> and sewing two twins back to back to create a crude form of conjoined twins. Of course, he escaped to Brazil after the war and did a list of jobs, which included carpenter, salesman, and even practicing medicine without a license. So, <laughs> real piece of shit there. Yeah. Uh, so, bub i want to start with you we get into this classic classic picture bub what are what are your <laughs> what were your initial reactions to the human centipede uh let's see moving on
1: think, <laughs> moving on no <laughs> um i think when i was watching it and just to encapsulate how i felt when i saw the credits roll i said hmm That's it. And then I just closed my laptop. Interesting. (laughs) I was a little like, okay, so that's all there is to it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I I think we had talked, we'd had a discussion before and I had looked up the sequel. I read the synopsis and I was like, this is not for me, Mm -hmm. but I knew that this one was the one to watch. Um, Do you want to know how I feel like about it now?
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just like initially, like what you felt about it, like ending the movie, and then we'll get into deeper. Kind of, it was
1: it was more of a a a mouth pop, an eye roll, and a next.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, producer Kate, what did you think? Initial reaction to the human centipede.
2: I'm annoyed that this exists. (laughs) Please. I That's really covid ain't. talking folks. No, it this is this is <laughs> truly where I stand. Like I'm annoyed that this exists. I knew of it. I had yeah. never seen it. I knew of it cuz how can you avoid people talking about that? What was it? 2009 it came out.
0: Yeah, 2009, yeah.
2: I mean, this basically piggybacked off of the virality of Two Girls One Cup which happened my senior year of high school, which would have been 07. Like People eating shit is yeah. shocking and it goes viral. And they were like, I, I, one, I don't buy that story about like, oh, this is inspired by what, what I What,
0: two do. girls, one cup? or
2: No, I don't get the story that this was inspired because he was thinking of how he would torture a child molester like i think he was like oh two girls one cup did really well it was people right. eating shit so i'm gonna capitalize on this like this thing i know goes viral and i'm gonna make a movie about p- sew- sewing people together so they can eat shit like it's <laughs> and Have you guys that, ever seen tom six i know i don't know I he,
0: he has like a suit on with like a hat he's like he looks like that dude from jurassic park like constantly
2: does he <laughs> okay uh so for me like beyond the fact that it just the it's disgusting for disgusting sake it's not actually scary it's only horrifying because of the concept not really because of the film and how they've constructed it the dialogue the scenes like nothing is actually terrifying it's just gross and um beyond that it's just chock full of like characters who lack any kind of common sense really um, or maybe it's like the writers that didn't have common sense when they were writing it and I'll, i can give you specific examples when we get into it yeah, but we'll it just it. the writers i feel like threw this together no one edited it before mm-hmm. they just started filming <laughs>
0: <laughs> so bub uh, so kate mentioned like the buzz about it uh, had you this was of course on your map right because this was like during the time when we were going to like a lot of the horror hounds and stuff like that yeah. So you were seeing this poster everywhere, but why do you think you never checked it out? Was it just like kind of I not guess your bad?
1: Yeah, I guess to me like I think you kind of know my aesthetic when it comes to horror. Like I usually typically look for like campy, uh I usually typically look for like slashers or if I'm going like art house, then I typically like like a haunted tale or something like that where there's a cool story, but I I was never into like that post 9/11 um torture, porn, air quote, like...
0: Like e bangs Like shock like e bang directors.
1: Yeah, I was never really into that. Like that kind of didn't... Uh, I never really... It never really appealed to me because usually when I would watch them, I would either be disgusted by the content or they would put characters that you either didn't like, a lot of unlikable characters, or it would just... They would have the endings that never felt complete. And so... I, I, I knew that this was kind of going to be like that, like high concept. It's it's shock. But I felt like, eh, you know, I'm sure one day I'll watch it. And I'm I'm actually glad I watched it because it is something that a lot of horror fans have seen and talked about. Um, and I think I probably wouldn't have watched it had you not uh, put me on the show to do it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I
0: hadn't <laughs> seen this like uh, like you, both you guys are saying like this has a, this had a buzz about it when it first came out you know sleep ar- overs parties like you know college teens and shit like that um, but the controversy of the film created it like it made it like a midnight movie classic kind of thing um, but for some reason I never got around to seeing it either until like a couple years ago and I was actually like oh my god that was really really good so I bought this <laughs> <laughs> when you bought the deluxe <laughs> human centipede so i I I can't believe what i'm hearing (laughs) i swear god (laughs) God. so i got on uh, amazon and bought like the trilogy on blu-ray um I wish I, I wish we could capture that moment on this podcast where
1: you're, you're up at night and you just watch the movie and immediately go to Amazon and are scrolling mindlessly trying to find this. Maybe even on eBay trying to fight people for bidding wars <laughs> on trying to get this deluxe edition of Human Centipede.
0: I went to go get the first one and they had the whole trilogy and I was just like, Rose, we're getting the whole trilogy. <laughs> uh, let me ask you guys a question, though. And this is something that I encountered today after rewatching it and stuff. Do you guys think that it's actually like as bloody and like, we'll start with Bub on this one. Do you guys think that it's actually like as brutal and bloody and shit as it's kind of known for, or do you think it's kind of overblown? Cause a lot of times on this movie, like really the only gore that you get, like there's some blood on, like when he's cutting into that chick's ass. And then like, (laughs) that's like the only gore though, that you get.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like the moment at the end when there's a sacrifice. I mean, that's probably the most gory, I think. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I was expecting to see more of, I guess, the inner workings of the centipede, like, in a (laughs) way... (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad I did and I'm not asking for that. So that energy directed don't hear me right now. But uh, for the inevitable remake that it probably happened. Uh, But I'm gonna
0: direct part four.
1: (laughs) But I was happy that it was a little less uh, gory and stuff. I was actually surprised that it was, to be honest, I, I was expecting to see a lot more uh of the the body horror part of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um I think that's kind of why I felt a little let down like I'd heard so much of the hype that when yeah. I watched it I was like okay so that's it that's really I mean we got to see it but it wasn't as exploitive as I thought maybe mm-hmm. um I think maybe in a different director's hand and I'll just compliment a director that I don't usually compliment but there's a scene in House of a Thousand Corpses when one of the the characters gets turned into like the fish boy or whatever the merman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think had zombie done something like this, like a human centipede movie, we probably would have seen a really gory exploitive piece, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. It wasn't as shocking as I thought it would be gross content, but not gory.
0: Yeah. Before, yeah. And Kate, what did you think about that? Like, what do you think? Do you think, cause I saw a quote and it was like this out hostels hostile and it like, um, can't remember Salo's Salo or something. And I was like, I don't think it's as gory as Hostel at all. But like, uh, no. Kate, what did you think about that? Did um, it live up to it, or
2: <laughs> live up to it? Um, so I mean, I could have
0: used a little more. Let's be honest.
2: Let me say, I've seen Hostel, and this, like, if we're just talking about pure like gore and blood and guts and people getting ripped up, ripped up, beat up, whatever, like Hostel's way. Yeah,
0: I thought worse. it was way worse. It's like,
2: yeah, it's way more intense um, and hard to watch for that reason because it's like non-stop. You get no breaks from it, you know? And, yeah. well, to me it was um, extreme at the time. And then this, no way. I mean, you get, like Donnie pointed out, the, the self-sacrifice scene. You see close-ups of them stitched together. You see a little mm. bit of infection. Uh, you see Oh, you see the girl who tries to escape. Um, you see her IV rip out of her arm, and I think mm. that's like really it. In the cops, like get shot. Like it's really, it's more just you imagining how disgusting it is, you know.
0: Like, take for instance, inside. Like I thought, inside was much more like gory oh, yeah. than this movie, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is kind of like. Um, so what we get essentially the story of this movie. And then we can get into some of the criticism of it or the praise of it, if you guys will. Um, <laughs> but the story of this movie—you you meet this doctor at the very beginning, and um, he kills the truck driver. I, does he capture the truck driver? I think he, when he kills him. him. Yeah. yeah, Kate, do you want to take on this part? Yeah,
2: I can because, give you okay. a synopsis, and I'll try to keep the cynicism out of my voice while i tell you because you know i'm
0: like (laughs) i'm like what did i just watch i don't don't remember
2: all right so there's this uh doctor we'll call him like a nazi doctor or something he's german it's set in germany he is fondling a photo that he has of this three dog centipede that he had made um and it clearly must have died because he was feeling very sad about it he missed it and um, it's him also camped out on the side of the road waiting for his first victim. So it's this truck driver that gets out um, and he's got a Trank gun, uh, the doctor, and mm-hmm. that's how he gets the truck driver back to his house. And he just keeps him under anesthesia um, while he's waiting, you know, to find his next two victims to make his human centipede. And um, l- luck has it for him that two American tourists, <laughs> the girlfriends, are young, naive very very naive uh they're trying to go to a party they get stranded on the side of the road their car gets a flat and they're wandering around And it starts to rain and they're desperate and they find his house and they walk right into it and they get themselves caught he uh like roofies some that's his mo it's like roofie them drank them uh and so these three people wake up you know not knowing that like what the fuck's going on they're in a lab you know (laughs) hooked up to all these ivs and things and uh the girls are freaking out the uh the trucker's freaking out and the doctor's like sorry trucker you don't match um Mm -hmm. basically like you don't match like the tissues the height the you know the limb measurements whatever he looks at to see if someone's compatible for his humans in a beam. Uh, so he kills the truck driver. And so then he goes out and hunts uh, the, his lead, I guess. He calls it his lead, his leader. Um, because, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. Anyway, so it's uh, a Japanese guy who only speaks Japanese. He's probably a tourist as well. Uh, and he brings him back and he walks these people through what he's going to do to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I should have mentioned this doctor is like a former, probably totally, you know, disbarred, discredited, whatever. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, sir- his specialty was like twins or whatever. Yeah, it was twins
2: yeah. Or- his specialty was separating conjoined twins, um, and it's just it's a classic story of a a man with womb envy he wants to be able to create something because he's not a woman with a womb and he can't uh and that's what womb envy is if anyone doesn't know uh and he just wants to create um and now this is where we are uh so he (laughs) this
0: is where we are
2: he stitches he stitches them all together and they wake up and they're obviously miserable and you just see him basically treat them. I'm going to try to keep this short. He treats them. He's trying to make them be his new like dog pet, mm-hmm. but human, but dog. So he's like they're crawling around. He's cut their ligaments or whatever in their knees, so they can't stand up. And um, so they crawl around, connected to each other. And he's trying to get them to bring him the newspaper. He's feeding the uh, the Japanese guy food from a dog bowl on the floor, um, and just degrading them in every way you can imagine. Mm. And, you know, they're trying to fight back. Um, I totally glossed over the fact the girl, one of the girls almost escaped. We'll talk about it later. That's why I glossed over it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, they're stuck together. Um, People, gross stuff happens, stuff that you're waiting to see happen, Mm -hmm. happens, but you don't actually see anything. It's just um, kind of, you have to imagine. You're anxiously awaiting. Yeah, um waiting <laughs> the stuff uh, and the Japanese guy, God love him, doesn't lose his fire and spunk um, about trying to escape and survive this. Um, but three tourists have been missing. A car is found nearby and of course the cops come and knock in. There's two police officers who are investigating and they have a little awkward encounter. Uh in his house, in the doctor's house, questioning him. One one of the cops, well, both the cops are pretty suspicious of him. Um, and he tries to roofie the cops as well. One cop is wise to his game and is like, I'm not drinking that water. And then one of them drinks a little tiny bit of the water with the roofie in it. So they're like, he's you know, stonewalling them, and they're basically like, We're gonna come back with a warrant in like a half hour or an hour. So, you know, whatever. And they go off and then they come back. The doctor, in the meantime, a bunch of shit's happening. We can talk about, you know, the Mm -hmm. chaos that happens once the cops arrive. And when the cops come back with their warrant, they come in, (laughs) they separate immediately. They've got their guns and they're hunting down the doctor. And one of them, the one that took the little sip of the, the tiniest sip of roofie water um, mm-hmm. starts to barf and pass out from it like hours later d- mm-hmm. don't even get me this is where i, I gotta slow down because i'm getting so mad about the nonsense of it but anyway it's that's he, a
0: COVID talking folks
2: so, our timeline's
0: off so
2: he goes to the pool uh because this guy this doctor has an indoor pool uh he gets to the pool he's like he ends up getting shot or pushed or whatever in the pool as he's passing out from his roofie uh and his partner you know comes and finds him uh and then he the partner cop gets shot and killed as well by the doctor uh but he's the the last cop standing you know is able to shoot the doctor right between the eyes you know he's dead um so that is pretty much where it ends and the the human centipede i left out the mate like the big scene with the japanese guy Mm -hmm. because i want to actually for us to talk about that um Mm -hmm. later um but basically at the end you've got the middle girl in the centipede is the only one who survived um something brutal Something happens where the leader, the Japanese guy dies and, um, the, her friend who's at the back of the centipede, she dies of basically infection, starvation, dehydration, you name it. She's probably got it all. Um, cause it's been several days. They've been there probably a week or more. Um, and she's gotten no nutrition, no nothing. Um, and she's got an infection and he hasn't given her any meds. So, um, this this it it basically ends and this is why Donnie was probably like huh, and mm-hmm. I know I was disappointed that it basically it's her crying, stuck between two dead people, and nobody in like there's no cops there's no anyone she's just stranded there you know, so uh, get- and it just pans away you don't see like obviously cops are gonna come later the cops know where the, right uh, where they are. Um, but you don't get to see any kind of rescue or anything like that. That's just where it is.
0: Oh, so you wanted, uh, the hallmark ending of human centipede. Huh?
2: I, I was glad it was over. If I'm honest, I just wanted it to be over.
0: <laughs> so, bub, what did you think about, let's go, let's talk about that scene right now. Like, uh, the fact that, cause you, it said you made, you said that it made you mad. So, bub, what, did, what did, <laughs> what did you feel during that scene?
2: Which scene? The, during
0: the scene when the outer centipedes died. And the inner, <laughs> the middle one was well, I, was yeah, left I mean,
1: alive. The, the climax was rushed, I guess. Mm-hmm. So to me, it seemed like there was really, I was waiting for any sort of development. And that's the problem I think I had for the movie is I didn't care about the characters and mm-hmm. had the idea that he initially had in that bar, the director, about using it as like a cautionary tale for like predators or something and using those type of uh that demographic for the human centipede, I think would have been more interesting, like Mm -hmm. somebody that maybe air quote deserved to have some punishment, maybe. I think that would have been more uh palpable, I think, to the story versus characters that were kind of innocent and then you also didn't care about. So I would have liked to have seen that, but that's just that. But the ending, I guess I didn't care about the character. So but it was sad that that was happening. It was kind of like torturous to an innocent person that that was happening and there's no closure. So I hate those kind of endings where, okay, if there's not gonna be any closure, at least it maybe ends in a exciting way, but it Mm -hmm. just kind of was like kind of going downhill, you know, after one of the characters, you know, the self-sacrifice part. So I was like, okay, well, and then I looked obviously at the third movie because I knew the second wasn't related. And I realized that there is no, there's no story overarching story that that was it. And not that I was going to pursue looking at that, but I would have liked to have known, was there anything after it? So it was just kind of a little bit of a letdown, like, okay, well that, that happened.
0: So Bub, you were, you were talking about like a social commentary kind of component. And that was one of the things that I liked the most about the new Saw. But it would have been interesting. I think that's a great point about like us not caring about these victims because the like I said, the new saw, the new saw did a I think a fantastic job about adding that social like element to those movies that were yeah. kind of go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the things that I do enjoy about those movies that came out, like that post-9-11 surge of of torture porn movies where Mm -hmm. like Saul or hospital where there is that social commentary that is interesting because you are uh, like with Saul, for example, like since you brought that up um, those characters did something and they're now forced to interact in a way that, you know, is punishment to them. Um, I thought that would have been kind of this aspect too. And I, I thought that would have probably heightened the movie and made it a little bit more interesting. Uh, Maybe, you know, even if they could have touched on like consumerism or, you know, cheating people or or some way to angle it where the metaphor of being attached to somebody like that would have been kind of it it could have been um, not to use the pun, but like spoon fed, but it could have been (laughs) heavy handed maybe I don't know. Uh, it could have been interesting. Uh, so I think maybe in the direct in the in the hands of someone like Cronenberg or someone with like yeah. a, a point of view, I think it would have been something interesting. I guess.
2: I think I'm um, with you guys. I it, at no point did this film make me like kind of question my humanity, you know, or my kind of morals. I don't know. Uh, I I felt. For the innocent people going through this horrible thing, I hated the villain. It was very black and white. There's no ambiguity, which, like, to me, usually makes for a richer story, richer characters, and that's what was such a like a letdown about this because I was already not really looking forward to the concept at all, and mm-hmm. then it didn't do anything to really make it worth it, you know.
0: Another uh, like older example would be like a, like Cronenberg's like Bub, rightly so, brought up uh, Cronenberg, you know, the master of body horror, but it's like, you look at like Videodrome, Videodrome's a similar kind of, kind of gross out kind of flick at times, but it has a lot to say. Like you can sit there and discuss the themes of Videodrome for a while, you know, um, and about like all the, you know, uh, the TV, you know, the media manipulating media and all this other stuff. Whereas this, I think I, I do agree, although I think it is a, uh, a stronger film than my, uh, two, <laughs> my two my two cohorts here uh <laughs> i do agree that it is kind of hollow you know uh it there's did. not a lot of uh emotion there i think it did a, a couple things
2: yeah i think it did a couple things right <laughs> believe it or not the time frame of it it all happens very in a very short time frame that's logical because he's like a know. plus
0: is that it's only 90 minutes <laughs>
2: I didn't mean it like that. I mean, like the time frame of the story. Like they didn't try to stretch this on and make you believe that this human centipede could have been tortured for a super super long time. Like there's no way the third person in the centipede or even the second one lives that long um, with no nutrition and you know.
0: I want the centipede. No to hydration. Get out and kill.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then fun. I think another thing they did right was and made a lot of sense to me was choosing. Uh, for the lead the the only one of the centipede who can speak um, being a man who speaks Japanese and does not speak a language that anyone else does um, mm-hmm. mainly the two people attached to him uh, because then they can't like they have to try really hard to communicate in any way so like with him not speaking English or them not speaking Japanese like there's absolutely no way they're going to kind of conspire when they're alone um, or he's not going to be able to kind of like help that help like put together a plan um in, in an effective or like efficient kind of way so they have to almost communicate like kind of caveman or like animals like <laughs> um but i mean you see them do it several times in the film uh, but i think that that was a smart choice and i and the, i think the japanese man is the only person i really by the end felt they did anything with his character
0: I felt yeah. like the girls were hilarious at the beginning uh, in the car because, like, one of the, it was not the strongest scenes of the film when they were in the car and they're just like, "What was that?"
2: Listen, the person who wrote this has no respect for women. That's very clear.
0: Does Tom one, six have respect for anybody?
2: One, he care. made the two women be the ones to eat shit. Okay, he needs to go to therapy and figure out his issues with women, right. uh, mommy issues. But anyway. What
0: spot would you rather have been in, Kate? Would you have rather been in the first, the second, or the third?
2: Travis, what kind of question is that?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know maybe, yeah. I guess.
2: <laughs> Is there anyone on Earth who's going to be like, yeah, I want to eat the shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, to be fair, you'd have been the first one dead. Well, or.
2: No, he, the the Japanese guy died first. He killed Well, himself.
0: naturally, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. I I just know I wouldn't want to be second or third because I ate a lot of Taco Bell. Spoiler (laughs) alert. So just gonna end on that note.
0: I went to the China buffet today, so Oh
2: my god. It'd have been
0: bleeding out the wounds.
2: Just like the film, this conversation is evolving, guys. I have a
1: couple pluses and then I'm (laughs) gonna compare it to something that I dislike, but maybe did it better. Mm-hmm. So the plus is well, there's some scenes that are pluses, I should say, because I don't really like anything about the movie, mm-hmm. but there is a plus. Um, there is one really campy scene that I thought was funny, mm-hmm. and it's when the girl is trying to escape, and then she runs right directly and splats into the pool. And I thought that was like the silliest thing <laughs> because it's so far from the door to the pool. And the fact that she just kept going and then just falls directly flat faced into the pool. I just thought that was funny. And it really like gave me a a chuckle. Um, The second is, I think there were a couple of suspenseful scenes. One, obviously, when he's showing them what he's going to do. And two, at the end, when um, the human centipede decides to, you know, fight back in a way. So I thought that was cool. They're going upstairs. That was kind of suspenseful and cringy. Like, oh my God, are they going to rip themselves apart?
2: Listen, you know? listen, I have something to say about that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But this movie shows them going from the lab all the way up the stairs outside. They don't show you that, that they, but they've done it before. Right. So To show me at the end that it's this like, oh, are they going to rip apart? They're bleeding everywhere. Oh my God. Like, I'm sorry. They've done it already several times.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, why did we need to see it again, but in this very elaborate way?
2: Yeah, this is one of many like,
1: scenes <laughs> we
2: needed and, like, to see him lick illogical. the. Illogical. Sorry. Um, Finish. <laughs>
1: no, but you're you're absolutely right. Like that was that was a question. It was a choice, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, but I will say, there's a movie I dislike. I know you you like it. I don't know if Kate likes it. I know you mm-hmm. did it on the show called Tusk. Oh yeah. I think. Tusk did it better because the acting was great. Even though I dislike watching, even though I'm a horror fan, I do dislike watching innocent people get tortured. I think that's, this turns me off, but um, I think Tusk did it better because there was a better story, interesting. Mm -hmm. And the result was kind of campy and funny. Mm -hmm. So I think if it had really honed in on the camp aspect and maybe offered some aesthetics that were interesting. Like it's stark. The shots are just kind of wonky. Like it it just seems like it's almost like a USA made for TV movie, like a mm-hmm. USA channel made for TV, like cop drama. Like it's lit like NCIS. Yeah. Um very so I, cold, I, cold yeah,
0: color palette. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe if it had been like uh you know Brian Usener or Stuart Gordon who had given us like a reanimated part human centipede like you said earlier goes out and like maybe kills people like a frankenstein kind of thing that would, have been, <laughs> that would have been maybe a more interesting you know take but there were some a couple moments where i was like entertained i guess um for the positives of the movie
0: but <laughs> uh, that'd be killer they'd be like in the front seat and like an ass would be sticking out of one window and, like,
1: <laughs> the head would be sticking out of the other <laughs> kind of like this uh, uh, this conglomerate of people kind of like society like that movie where oh, yeah everybody's attached at some point yeah
0: and like a, uh, i'm glad you brought up Tusk too because that movie is very warm like you look at a lot of the shots of that movie and it's like especially those shots with mike uh, michael parks Uh, When you're in by the fire and he's telling stories and it's like building this really uh, creeping dread and atmosphere. And I think that's one of the things that this movie lacks as well. I I think that's a great point.
2: Um, I actually really like Tusk. I like it more mm -hmm. way more now than I did when I even first watched it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a, you're spot on that Tusk builds characters in a Mm -hmm. way this one didn't bother to.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Bub, this is kind of to Bub. What's the most messed up film that you own in your collection, do you think? Just right off the top of your head. Because I know that you don't get into this kind of shit like a lot.
1: Uh, No. So I think one of the newer movies I own that's probably out there for me, and maybe it's been repulsed by other people, fans, is maybe Terrifier. Um, It's still kind of a slasher, but the amount of, I guess, cruelty and gore Mm -hmm. on display in that movie – um, is probably a little bit more exploitive, but because it's it treads those slashery lines and it's a little bit more, you know, like what if it was like a hard rated R, I guess, like Pennywise mm-hmm. was a hard rated R. That's probably why I think that would be more one of the more extreme ones that I have. But I I don't, yeah. I mean, maybe the Saw movies, which aren't really, I mean, they're kind of tame now, I think, but they're still kind of brutal in a way but yeah i don't really own a lot of those kinds of movies like i don't own hostel or anything like that but um yeah most of my stuff is really campy stuff mm-hmm. um i don't i don't get into the real serious nihilistic uh vision that a lot of these uh, directors have I'm, I'm just not in like uh, it, it makes me a little uh sad to watch it like i wasn't sad when i watched this cuz i didn't really feel anything <laughs> um <laughs> But like watching like Tusk, for example, like that movie kind of makes me sad. So I I, I don't revisit it just because it's like someone that was tortured and now they're a walrus. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Okay. So why don't we go around um, and kind of do a wrap up here and talk about like our overall rating. Let's rate it out of five human centipedes. Let's give this film a rating. Bub, let's start with you.
1: Uh, I, I want to go with a 10, like not with a 10 out right. of a 10 because 10 out watching, 10. All right. it's easier for me to, to do that. Uh, I'm going to say it's a two out of 10.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, cannibal Holocaust, was it?
0: Yeah. You uh-huh. introduced me to nine out of nine and a half out of 10.
1: It was a little higher. Cause I think there were some elements that were better. Like it was, it was, I would put it in this kind of genre, like shock cinema sort of thing yeah uh, i enjoyed that one more than this one even though i didn't like that one as much either but uh yeah i would say a two out of ten unfortunately
0: like you said too that's another example of a movie like uh that has a social commentary aspect to it there's definitely yeah. meaning there's definitely some some commentary in that movie yeah and this one you know obviously kind of hollow uh kate what about you
2: <laughs> so this is officially my lowest rated film on the show to date I'm giving this a 1 out of 5, which is a 2 out of 10. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah we're, <laughs> and, same uh, we're on the
2: same page. We're on the same page. We didn't really talk about favorite scenes because it's hard to have a favorite. Mm-hmm. But I do want to draw attention to, one, something I thought was really stupid and I hated, and two, a scene I thought was maybe the only redeeming, worthwhile scene in the whole thing. Okay. One... Uh, I'll start with the bad news is the scene where I forget if it's Lindsay, I think it's Lindsay.
0: Oh, Lindsay has a
2: chance to escape. She fumbles every opportunity you can imagine. Uh, like she wastes time. she falls in the pool. she th- is like sitting there listening to this guy act crazy while she could be finding a phone or finding an es- like a, a way to get out of the house. Um, and when she actually does have a chance to run out, and save herself she doesn't she goes back and tries to drag her unconscious friend up a spiral staircase all the way out of the house all the way out into the yard and she thinks she's gonna make it with no like (laughs) it's just nonsense i'm sorry if you're my friend and we get in a situation like this you're a goner (laughs) Uh, um (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> sorry uh i'm gonna go get help i like she th- she stood a better chance of helping her friend by running away and getting help and bringing help back because mm-hmm. he doesn't have a third right he's not just going to connect two people like so her friend could still have been alive by, th- by the time she got back with help but she fumbled it um but anyway so like that i really hated and that was one example of many in this which is why it gets a one of just absolute illogical choices of the characters mm-hmm The cops have a lot, do so much illogical shit. Even the doctors, like, and he's batshit crazy, and he's even saying and doing things that don't make sense to me. That made it more unenjoyable. And like Donnie said, they didn't make it funny enough to make up for it. Mm -hmm. That, like, that combined with the fact it's disgusting and doesn't need to exist, has it at a one. Um, The one redeeming scene, which we kind of touched on but didn't really get into is the scene where you have the self-sacrifice. So the, the lead guy, the Japanese guy, is having kind of a standoff. He's got a little piece of shard of glass. And the doctor is kind of incapacitated. His knees or whatever, I forget. He can't walk. He's been taken out too. So he's on the same level as the Japanese guy. And he's yeah. got a scalpel. And they're stand- in a standoff. And the Japanese guy is like, you think he's going to fight him? And then he just starts talking about, he has this kind of monologue about how he has left his family. He was a bad husband. He left his child to be, to live a selfish life. And this must be hell. This is my punishment for being a bad person. And he makes the choice then to kind of take back control. And he takes the shard of glass and slits his own throat. Um, Mm -hmm. Probably, I would say that's the goriest scene of the whole thing, and um, then Billy it was a, yeah, was a good scene. Yeah, that scene is the only good thing in this whole.
0: Film. <laughs> oh boy! It's
2: genuinely, it's genuinely sad. Um, and yeah, I
0: thought that scene was kind of weak, to be honest. I with
2: think it. the Japanese actor—I <laughs> forget—I <laughs> forget what you said his uh, the actor's name is, but I thought he did a great job, and I was really rooting for him the whole film.
0: Akiro Kitamura.
2: Akiro Kitamura. Like, yeah, I like him, you know, just cussing out this doctor the entire time, finding ways like trying to get the girls to like kind of help him escape, um, biting his ankle, which is like very much like what a dog would do, you know, um, refusing to t- to take him the paper, like dropping the paper over and over. Like, I think the only positive to come out of it is that actor and like mm-hmm. what he brought to the role. But anyway, the girls unfortunately just had this like muffled non-stop crying. And no at no point did no. they go numb. <laughs> at no point no pun did they,
0: intended, muffled
2: at <laughs> no point. <laughs> at no point did they like go numb, which you would think like you kind of would just kind of accept, okay. At some point, not accept it, but essentially kind of go numb to it. And you never see that. You just see them in a constant state, as if it just just happened. And this is like days have gone by. So to me, it was like there's some direction that was needed there. But anyway, long way to say, and I just wanted to make sure my one out of five was justified for our listeners. And it wasn't just, I was grossed out. Um, But yeah, this just, this movie wasn't good enough for the content. Travis.
0: Come and take shit. Yeah, bub. So tell us like,
1: why, why is it such an exciting genre piece, mind bending twist of a (laughs) tour de force talk thriller to you <laughs>
0: if you didn't tell me this then i would i would assume that this was directed by the the great christopher nolan <laughs> no i would give this like a two and a half out of five uh i don't i actually like the second one a little bit better uh maybe that'll be on our sequels list that were <laughs> that we got coming up uh the second one is very fucked up um uh does ups the fucked upness uh i think doubles it probably um I actually think this film is uh, like I, I don't think any film of this genre, like uh, not the genre, but this type of film. Like even Tusk isn't like a great film, you know what I mean? Like uh, like none of these movies really are like fantastic movies, like fantastic, well made, well directed, well casted, well scripted, but they do they do their goal of shocking you rather well and um i think this movie does a pretty good job of that like i would give it like a two and a half to three out of five i'm always like a little bit more generous (laughs) like i said when i watched this the first time um i was uh not like disgusted or anything uh but i i tend to kind of go into the more perverse you know uh stuff than a lot of people do, you know, like the more bizarro kind of stuff. And I, I love a lot of that type of stuff, you know, the more off the wall kind of shit. Is this the the most brutal
1: movie you have in your collection? I'm going to turn the question back to you.
0: No, I would say probably, well, I have Necromantic. That's one. Mm. So that one's pretty brutal. I have Funny Games. Funny Games is pretty, is a pretty brutal movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I like this kind of shit, though. It's, like, off the wall. It's not realistic, you know, at all. And I kind of like that part of it. You know, it's like we we uh, talked about it's not campy, but it is very unrealistic because it's, like, nobody would fucking do this. You know what I mean? Like, there are serial killers out there, but nobody's going to sew somebody ass to mouth <laughs> to make, like, a, an animal. <laughs> you know, so, like, I think part of me enjoys, like, that bit about it. It's, like, almost like an off-world, like, you know... A, a, fu- a more fucked up kind of grindhouse type of movie, um, but yeah, I like I like shit like this. That's no secret, you know, like the the grindhouse type shit. Uh, so I would give this two and a half to three human centipedes out of five human centipedes.
2: Wow, you're all the way to three, huh? I'm
0: all the yeah, way to three. If we, talk if to we me just, a little bit more, and I might be up to four.
1: That's what I was saying. If we keep talking, if he just keeps talking, it'd be a four and a half. Five out of five. <laughs> you know. Um, this is probably i guess another positive i I guess just thought of it but the the doctor he kind of looked very insectoid like his features i guess Mm -hmm. it kind of fit that role i wish he'd have been a better actor uh Mm -hmm. and because i think he could have maybe sold it a little more but he his aesthetic he looked pretty creepy
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that was that is one of my pluses and i'm glad you said that um that's kind of what i forgot about my like uh my review and stuff i actually like the doctor in this movie he is very cold and very creepy like kate brought it up earlier and i know he's based kind of based on a real figure you know in in history but i like his coldness and his demeanor and shit in this movie like i think he does a pretty good job
2: he does not even try to trick the cops nah. <laughs> or to like just pretend to be normal
0: yeah, let, me, let me try
2: to roofie him first and then scream at him no, don't, right. don't get yeah. started.
0: but Again. to to your point though of him like constantly needing control he expects he almost expects the cops to be like easily fooled and shit like he's just like no you're playing my game and they're just like no we're not like we'll be back in 20 minutes with the right. paper <laughs> and he gets so pissed about that so Bub, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to knock out my book wreck real quick. Um, and I talked about this on your show, Bub, Fatal Follower Presents. Um, and I'll get a, I'll give you a chance to you know, uh, talk about your socials and stuff. But this is Chandler Morrison's Dead Inside. So this is right up Kate's alley. And uh, this is a book. It's a love story. It's a romance between a necrophiliac oh, and
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a romance between a necrophiliac and a cannibal. So uh, it's these two people working at a hospital, and it's a love story. And they meet each other, and you know uh, he falls in love with her d- dead eyes. You know her dead, cold eyes, and she, like <laughs> and it's very, it's very compelling. I'm on like page <laughs> five. <laughs> can love it. Uh, but yeah, Chandler Morrison's kind of like the gross out king, like in the Bizarro world, and he writes a lot of stuff like um, uh, Brett Ellis eason i think is what it is like american psycho kind of shit uh but yeah that's my book wreck of the week it's out of uh death head press i believe uh bub i want to thank you for joining us go ahead and give folks your socials and where they can find you awesome podcast bub puts on um yeah go check that out
1: oh um, thanks um so you can follow me at uh, fatal follower presents at uh gmail you can connect with me there or you can reach me at fiddle follower presents on twitter and facebook or fiddle follower on horror amino
0: all righty kate thank you for coming along with me on this journey through human centipede thank you too for being my second and third pieces of the human centipede (laughs) of tonight
2: (laughs) sorry boys you two are eating shit not me no thanks Um, (laughs) <laughs> to you uh, for introducing <laughs> us to this <laughs> maybe we'll
0: uh maybe we'll reconvene for the second entry in the trilogy <laughs> but uh as always you can find us on facebook and instagram at horrifying my friends and on twitter at horrifyingmf. hit me a line at cap creature on twitter as well or shoot me a line on facebook travesty bar you know whatever i'm thinking public on there um thank you for joining us for this fantastic film what's the most <laughs> fucked up film in your collection i know a lot, a lot of horror heads listen to this what's the most fucked up picture that you own i want to hear about it uh i know people are because you want to go of, buy uh, them yeah because i because <laughs> i want to seek them out you know on the dark web uh, <laughs> but uh yeah this has been an awesome episode uh, a fun episode to record with you guys but uh thanks a lot for joining me thank Bye. you Bye. later
2: friends.